The new Game of Thrones prequel show has begun with House of the Dragon Episode 1. It has a tournament, a horrific childbirth, a secret prophecy, lots of dragons, and Matt Smith's butt. So what does it all mean, and how does the show compare to the book? This video has no spoilers beyond Episode 1 and the original Game of Thrones show. The episode's called The Heirs of the Dragon, because that's the name of the chapter in the book this show's based on, Fire and Blood. The big question this episode is succession. Who will inherit the throne? It starts with a flashback to the Council at Harrenhal in the year 101. This is 200 years before Game of Thrones and Daenerys and Jon Snow, and it's 100 years after Aegon Targaryen conquered Westeros and started the Targaryen dynasty. At this time, the king is Jaehaerys Targaryen. He was the fourth king of Westeros, and he's seen as one of the best kings ever. His reign was peaceful and prosperous, he reformed laws and built roads, but Jaehaerys had bad relationships with some of the women in his life. The book says he was better with roads than with daughters. And Jaehaerys had a messy succession, deciding who would rule Westeros after him. Because originally, Jaehaerys' heir was his eldest son, Aemon, but Aemon got killed. So then Jaehaerys said his second son, Balon, was his heir, even though Aemon had a daughter called Rhaenys, and some people said Rhaenys or her children should inherit the throne. But Jaehaerys chose Balon, and then Balon died of a sore tummy. So then Jaehaerys was like, shit, now what? And he held this big council to choose the new heir to the throne. They held the council at Harrenhal because it's the biggest castle in Westeros. It's also mostly ruined because Aegon the Conqueror burned it with his dragon a hundred years ago. We see Arya at Harrenhal in Game of Thrones. So the lords are here to choose an heir, and the main candidates are Rhaenys Targaryen, daughter of Aemon, and Viserys Targaryen, son of Balon. In the book, Rhaenys' son Laenor is a more popular candidate than Rhaenys because he's male, and the lords prefer male rulers to women. Laenor's claim is supported by his father, Corlys Velaryon, who's very rich and influential. There are some other candidates. The book mentions Jaehaerys' son Vagon, but he's a nerd who no one likes, and he's a maester sworn to the Citadel. They also mention Jaehaerys' daughter Sarah, but she's busy running a brothel in the east. One of Sarah's bastard sons turns up with an elephant, but the lords aren't impressed. They consider Laenor and Rhaenys, but in the end they choose Viserys to be the next king, mostly because he's an adult male who inherits through the male line. Many lords see this as an iron precedent that the throne will always be inherited by men to the great frustration of Rhaenys and her family. The books say that Viserys won this vote by 20 to 1, though the maesters who counted the votes never revealed the numbers. So some fans speculate that the maesters rigged the vote to choose the heir they wanted. Some characters in the books say that maesters have a conspiracy against dragons, and while Laenor has the dragon Sea Smoke and Rhaenys rides the dragon Melis, Viserys doesn't ride a dragon because his dragon Beleriand died. So maybe the maesters rigged the vote for Viserys because they preferred a king who didn't have a dragon. But that's just a theory. Point is, Viserys becomes heir to the throne, and the episode continues about ten years later when Viserys is now king. We see his daughter, Princess Rhaenyra, flying her dragon Cyrax. 
She parks her dragon at the Dragon Pit, which is like a big stable where the dragons live. We see the Dragon Pit in Game of Thrones 200 years later, when it's become a ruin. The Dragon Pit is guarded by the Dragon Keepers. The books describe them as proud warriors in gleaming scaled armour, but in Hot D they're a monk-like order in grimy robes. Maybe scooping dragon poop is part of their job. This one seems to have a dragonglass dagger, which is interesting. Dragonglass is a special volcanic material that can kill white walkers. The Dragon Keepers command dragons in the Valyrian language, which came from Valyria, the ancient empire of the original dragon lords. Rhaenyra's dragon Cyrax is named after a Valyrian goddess. So Rhaenyra puts her dragon in daycare, and we meet Harold Westerling. He's a member of the Kingsguard and the sworn protector of Princess Rhaenyra. The Targaryen royal family live in the Red Keep, and we see the keep full of lords and courtiers in rich and colourful clothing. This is the political centre of the realm in a time of prosperity and splendour. This courtyard is the same place where Cersei Lannister paints a map of Westeros 200 years later. Rhaenyra visits her mother, Emma Arryn, the wife and queen of King Viserys. Emma's mother was a Targaryen, so she and Viserys are cousins. Emma doesn't like it when Rhaenyra goes flying, like in Game of Thrones when Catelyn doesn't like it when Bran goes climbing. Emma is pregnant, and she tells Rhaenyra that it's the duty of a lady to make babies for the realm. But Rhaenyra says she'd rather be a knight and ride in battle. It's like in Game of Thrones when Arya doesn't want to marry and have kids. So while Emma seems resigned to her role in the patriarchy, Rhaenyra dreams of a different life. Rhaenyra serves as cupbearer on King Viserys's small council. His counsellors are Otto Hightower, Hand of the King, Lionel Strong, Master of Laws, Melos the Grand Maester, Lyman Beesbury, Master of Coin, and Corlys Velaryon, Master of Ships. Though at this point in the book, Corlys had quit the council because he was angry about his wife Rhaenys and son Laenor not getting the throne at the Harrenhal Council. Each councillor has a round stone to represent their presence. We also see Ryam Redwine, the commander of the Kingsguard. Ryam has been on the Kingsguard for some 50 years, and he's a legendary knight. At one point, King Jaehaerys made Ryam the Hand of the King. But Ryam was a terrible hand, so Jaehaerys had to fire him. Turns out that being a good knight doesn't make you a good politician. Corlys warns the council about the Triarchy. The Triarchy is an alliance of the eastern cities of Tyrosh, Mir, and Lys. They've started attacking pirates on the Stepstones, these little islands between Westeros and Essos. Corlys is worried that if the Triarchy take control of the Stepstones, they could disrupt trade up the Narrow Sea. Corlys's family, the Valerions, are based on Driftmark in the Narrow Sea, and they make their money off this trade. So, like all good prequels, this show might start with a trade dispute. But the other councillors don't care about the Stepstones, and they discuss the upcoming tournament and Queen Emma's pregnancy. We see Viserys eating an egg, which is a symbol of fertility and birth, Though the way Viserys cracks the egg open is a dark omen of how Emma's pregnancy ends. Rhaenyra sees her uncle, Prince Daemon Targaryen. Daemon sits on the throne, which he's not meant to do, showing his desire for power and willingness to break rules. 
Daemon and Rhaenyra speak in Valyrian, and he gives her a necklace of Valyrian steel, the special magic steel that was made in Valyria. Just like Daemon has a sword of Valyrian steel, called Dark Sister, and apparently Daemon's helmet is also made of Valyrian steel. So the Targaryens in this time celebrate their Valyrian ancestry, despite the fact that the Valyrians were pretty evil. Their empire killed and enslaved thousands of people, yet the Targaryens see them as role models. Rhaenyra hangs out with her friend Alicent Hightower. Alicent wants to study and be a proper lady, but Rhaenyra wants adventure and cake. Alicent and Rhaenyra are kind of like the ladylike Sansa and rebellious Arya, except instead of being rivals, Alicent and Rhaenyra are close friends. They talk about Nymeria, a warrior queen from the east who lived a thousand years ago. Nymeria led her people on a great migration, and found a new homeland in Dawn. Nymeria left a legacy in Dawn of female power and equality. HBO has worked on a potential spin-off show about Nymeria. And despite Rhaenyra's rebellious attitude, she does know all about Nymeria, showing that she's smart and that she's aware of a great female leader. Which again is like Arya. Arya named her Direwolf after Nymeria. We see that the Red Keep has a weirwood tree. Weirwoods, with their red leaves and carved faces, are the sacred trees of the Old Gods, the magic power that Bran connects to in Game of Thrones. In the books, there is no weirwood in the Red Keep. Most weirwoods were destroyed in the South when the new religion of the Seven took over. So this is an interesting change. Will the magic of the Old Gods have a role in this story? King Viserys has cuts on his body that he got from sitting the Iron Throne. The throne is made of sharp swords, making it impossible to sit on comfortably, and Aegon the Conqueror made it that way deliberately. This dangerous throne symbolises that kings must use power carefully and wisely, or else their power will destroy them. When a king is cut by the Iron Throne, that hints that the king isn't handling power well. The mad king Aerys II, the father of Daenerys, cuts himself on the throne so often that he's called King Scab. King Maegor the Cruel died on the throne, and some say he was killed by the throne, as though the throne rejects unworthy kings. So it's very ominous that the throne cuts Viserys, and that the wound is not healing. Viserys visits his pregnant wife Emma. Emma jokes that she might hatch a dragon, which is interesting, because several Targaryens in the books give birth to deformed babies with dragon-like features. Daenerys gives birth to a stillborn that is scaled like a lizard with leathery wings. The reason for this might be that the Targaryens have the blood of the dragon. Their Valyrian ancestors claimed that they were literally descended from dragons, like with dragon DNA, which is probably what allows them to control dragons. Emma is having a bad time with her pregnancy. She's already had multiple stillbirths and miscarriages. The book says that Emma and Viserys first had sex when she was just 13, and some maesters say that she got pregnant too young, and this damaged her health. But Viserys keeps wanting more kids because he wants a son to inherit his throne. Viserys is convinced that their unborn child is male because he had a dream of a son, and Targaryens do have prophetic dreams of the future. 
The whole political stability of Westeros depends on queens producing male heirs, so Emma is reluctantly dragged along with her husband's dream, though she says that she can't do this again. Viserys' brother Daemon is the commander of the Gold Cloaks, the city watch of King's Landing, and he leads a brutal, violent crackdown on alleged criminals in the city. We see Daemon personally kill a murderer with the Dark Sister. The book says that Daemon delights in mutilating criminals, cutting off hands and noses and cocks. So this is not just about law enforcement, this is about Daemon enjoying violence, spreading fear, and asserting his power. The Gold Cloaks are like his personal loyal army, 2,000 strong in the heart of the realm. Otto Hightower is angry about this bloodbath. He wants to reduce Daemon's power and to prevent him getting the throne. Daemon responds like a smirking, sulky teenager who's acting out for attention. He misbehaves because he wants his brother Viserys to notice him and accept him. Daemon has sex with his lover Mazaria, but Daemon can't climax. He feels unsatisfied, with pent-up feelings that he can't seem to let out. It's like, the only ways Daemon knows how to feel better is through sex and violence, and if that doesn't work for him, what will? Mazaria suggests that Daemon have sex with a silver-haired maiden. Which is interesting, because Daemon's niece Rhaenyra is a silver-haired maiden, who he seemed pretty close to earlier. Daemon is stressed, because if Emma gives birth to a son, that son will replace Daemon as heir to the throne. Viserys holds a big tournament to celebrate the coming birth of his child. There's jousting and fighting, and there's politics. Lord Boromund Baratheon competes. He's an ancestor of Robert, Stannis, and Renly Baratheon. Boromund is also the uncle of Rhaenys Targaryen, and at the Harrenhal Council he supported Rhaenys and Laenor in their claim for the throne. So now, Boromund calls Rhaenys the Queen Who Never Was. It is a little treasonous to publicly undermine King Viserys by bringing up Rhaenys' claim, but Viserys is chill and he allows the light treason. Prince Daemon joins the tourney, and he chooses to joust against Gwen Hightower, the son of Otto Hightower, specifically to piss off Otto. He also requests the favour of Otto's daughter Alicent. So Daemon really is a master of annoying Otto. Some of the knights start killing each other on the tourney grounds, which you're not meant to do, but it does happen, like in Game of Thrones when the mountain attacks Loras and the Hound. Rainey says these knights are green as summer grass, they're young and dumb and full of cum, and have never experienced real war or hard times. It's similar to a bit in the books when Catelyn says that winter is coming for the knights of summer. This is about loss of innocence, disillusionment, the inevitable end of all good times. The surprise favourite of the tournament is Kristen Cole. Kristen isn't from some rich and famous family, he's the son of a steward, and in Hot D he's Dornish, which is unusual, because in this time period Dorn has not yet been conquered by the Targaryens, it's still an independent kingdom with its own laws and culture. So Kristen is an outsider and an underdog, and he has a lot to gain by proving himself with his fighting skills. Kristen defeats the famous Prince Daemon in jousting and combat, partly by attacking Daemon while he wasn't looking. 
Though, to be fair, Daemon also played dirty by tripping Glane Hightower's horse with his lance. Everyone's breaking the rules here. But Kristen wins, and he clearly makes an impression on Rhaenyra and Alicent. Meanwhile, Emma's childbirth goes wrong. Melos says that Emma is gonna die, and the only way to save the baby is to cut it out of her, like a medieval C-section which will kill Emma. Viserys is horrified, but he wants his male heir, so he agrees to cut his wife open to save his child. They don't ask Emma what she wants. So they start the bloody procedure, and it's intercut with knights fighting at the tourney. The battlefield of men and the birthing bed of women, as two sides in an endless violent cycle of death and life. Emma dies, and Viserys gets his baby son and names him Balon, but then Balon dies too, from birth complications maybe. So at the funeral, the baby Balon is cremated along with Queen Emma. In the books, Emma just dies in childbirth, it doesn't mention a c-section. But that does happen to a different character in the book, Alyssa Valarion. Alyssa was the mother of King Jaehaerys, and of Boromund Baratheon, by her second husband, Rogar. Rogar kept getting Alyssa pregnant, even though she was too old and it was dangerous for her. Her next childbirth went bad, and like Viserys, Rogar chose to cut his wife open to save the baby, because he wanted a son. Alyssa's daughter, Raina, was furious at Rogar for this. She blamed him for Alyssa's death, because he got her pregnant when it was dangerous for her. And she was angry that he valued his wife's life less than he valued making a son. We can see a hint of that anger on Rhaenyra's face when she looks at Viserys and then says Dracarys. Fire. Because this episode highlights how much Rhaenyra cares for her mother, and how frustrated she is that Viserys seems to care more about getting a son than he cares about his wife and daughter. Rhaenyra sees Emma dead because of Viserys' dream, and she resents being pushed into the same gender role that killed her mother. After the funeral, the council talks succession. It's very dangerous when there's no clear heir to the throne, because competing claims often lead to war. Precedent says that Viserys' brother Daemon is next in line, but most folks don't want Daemon on the throne because he's violent and unpredictable. Otto suggests Rhaenyra as heir, and Corlys suggests Rhaenys, but Lionel argues there's never been a female ruler, so Viserys storms off, leaving the future of the realm hanging in limbo. Otto decides to act. He tells his daughter Alicent to put on her mother's dress and go comfort the newly single King Viserys in his bedchamber. Otto is similar to Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. He's being hand, writing letters, and using his children for his political ambitions. Alicent finds Viserys working on a model city, using a nerdy hobby to cope with his grief. The city looks similar to Dragonstone, but bigger. It might represent Old Valyria, or maybe Viserys is imagining a grand expansion to the Dragonstone Castle. There was once another Targaryen king who dreamed of a white city, the Mad King, Aerys. Some fans have noticed that the model city looks like the opening sequence to Game of Thrones. Meanwhile, Daemon has his own way of coping with emotions. He drinks alone, fully clothed, in the middle of an orgy he set up for his gold cloaks. 
Mazaria prompts him to speak, and Daemon gives a toast to Viserys' dead baby, calling him the heir for a day, as though celebrating that with Balon's death, Daemon remains heir to the throne. Otto tells Viserys about this, so Viserys confronts Daemon, and turns all his grief for his wife and child into fury at his brother. Daemon gets angry back and calls Viserys weak, so Viserys finally decides to disinherit Daemon and sends him away to the Vale. It's tragic that these two brothers who love each other fight when they should be supporting each other. Immediately after, Viserys again cuts himself on the throne, another dark omen. So Viserys and Daemon are separated, and that was probably Otto's plan. This is why he told Viserys about Daemon's toast. Daemon says that Otto is an ambitious, scheming cunt, and Otto himself said that all men want absolute power. At the same time that Otto pushes Daemon away, he moves his daughter Alicent closer to the king. Viserys decides to make his daughter Rhaenyra heir to the throne. He says he was wrong to focus on an unborn son when Rhaenyra all along had the potential to be a great ruler, though Viserys knows that the throne is a terrible responsibility. He knows the danger of dragons and of power. He talks about Valyria, how their power and pride led to their downfall, though the exact cause of the doom of Valyria is a mystery. Viserys tells Rhaenyra a big secret. So, a hundred years ago, Aegon Targaryen took over Westeros and started the line of Targaryen kings. Viserys says that part of why Aegon conquered Westeros is because he had a dream of a winter from the north that would destroy humanity. Aegon had a dream of the White Walkers. And Aegon believed that a Targaryen king must unite the realm to save the world from the White Walkers, and that's why he conquered Westeros. This dream of Aegon's isn't in the books, but it was author George Martin's idea to add this to the show, and in the books there are other Targaryens who know about a prophecy to save the world. Aemon, Jaehaerys II, probably Bloodraven, and Rhaegar Targaryen, the brother of Daenerys and the father of Jon Snow. The books say that when Rhaegar was young, he found something in some scrolls that convinced him to become a warrior. Maybe Rhaegar discovered Aegon's White Walker dream. Daenerys has a vision of Rhaegar, where Rhaegar mentions the Song of Ice and Fire, and Viserys says that Aegon's dream is called the Song of Ice and Fire. This prophecy is probably why Rhaegar ran off with Lyanna and had Jon Snow. He must have believed that his son would stop the White Walkers, finally fulfilling Aegon's dream of the Targaryens saving the world. Of course, we know that this prophecy doesn't exactly come true. In Game of Thrones Season 8, the White Walkers are not defeated by a Targaryen or by a united Westeros. Arya Stark kills the White Walkers, and at the time, Westeros is divided, with Cersei Lannister on the throne. So maybe this dream was misinterpreted. Aegon was right about the White Walkers, but he was wrong to think that his family would be the saviors. It's like how Viserys misinterprets his dream about his heir. He was right that there'd be thundering hooves and splintering shields and his heir on the throne, but he was wrong to assume that his heir was a son. In the books, prophecies and dreams are often misinterpreted due to characters' ambition and biases. 
which often leads to their downfall. As Marwin says, prophecy will bite your prick off every time. Viserys wears this Valyrian steel dagger, and this is the same dagger that Arya uses to kill the Night King in Game of Thrones, the same dagger that she uses to kill Littlefinger, the same dagger in this book Sam found, the same dagger that an assassin used against Catelyn and Bran, and that Littlefinger lied about to start the whole war in GOT Season 1. So is this special dagger part of the prophecy? Or is it just some cosmic coincidence that this is the knife that saves the world? The showrunners say that they included this prophecy and this knife to raise the stakes in Hot D, and to connect it with the conflict in Game of Thrones. Viserys tells Rhaenyra to promise him to keep this secret dream, just like Ned Stark promises Lyanna to keep the secret of Jon Snow. There's a big ceremony where the Lords of the Realm swear loyalty to Rhaenyra, and promise to support her claim to the throne when Viserys dies. She is set to become the first female ruler of Westeros. But this moment isn't all triumphant, it feels dangerous. Daemon is angry that he's been replaced. Rhaenys and her family have been snubbed again. Otto is plotting, and some of these lords don't look happy about a female heir. This does go against the precedent of the Harrenhal Council. And Rhaenyra never wanted any of this. All she wanted was to fly and have fun and eat cake. But now she not only has to rule the continent, she has to save it from the frosty apocalypse because her great-great-great-grandpa had a dream. All the power and dreams of House Targaryen weigh upon her. And the theme of this episode is that power and dreams are dangerous. House of the Dragon is based on the book Fire and Blood. Season 1 covers chapter 12, Heirs of the Dragon. There's also a shorter summary of the story in the book The World of Ice and Fire, starting in the Viserys chapter. So if you want to know the full story of House of the Dragon from beginning to end with all the spoilers, you can get either of these audiobooks for free right now at audible.com slash ASX. Sign up for a Premium Plus trial membership, and you get an audiobook to keep, even if you cancel the trial. You can get any Game of Thrones book, or Lord of the Rings, or Dune, and membership also includes unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks and shows in the Audible Plus catalog. Sign up at audible.com slash ASX, or text ASX to 500-500. Thanks for watching. We're doing a House of the Dragon livestream every Sunday at about 10.15pm Eastern Time, and doing an explained video like this each week. So like and subscribe, press the bell, follow the Twitter, and thanks to the supporters on Patreon, including Lance, Duncan Brookover, Rachel Krengel, The Bastard Daughter, Courtney Birdlick, Pedro Coelho, and Matt. Cheers.